Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. Be God told us to go, and we got beat. What is going on? The Benjamites beat them twice, still outnumbered and still beat them. They asked God how to do it a second time. Guys, if God told them how, why did they lose? Didn't Israel do everything right? The hard answer is no, they did not. And I'm going to show you. A careful observation of the text shows the only thing that Israel did in unity was accuse somebody else. Guys, we got a lot of that going on out there in our culture today. Oh, everybody gets together, stand our ground. Why? To accuse them. To accuse them. You're faulted. You've got stuff wrong. We don't like you. What's This is wrong, guys. That's all they did was to accuse Benjamin of their sin. They had their own. These 11 tribes of Israel had yet to confess their own sin. Wow, this is painful to read. United, together, they came finger pointing at someone else, but before God, they were divided. How do I say that? Look at verse 22, it gives us a specific detail. It says, and the people, that is, the men. Do y'all see the specification, the specifics there? The men of Israel. We're talking about just the men here, not everybody. It says they pump themselves up. They encourage themselves. Can you just hear it? Y'all ever watch Braveheart? Come on, men. Suck up that gut. Let's go in. We're men. I can hear it. Let's show those Benjamites. And they formed the battle line and went in to fight. Verse 23 says the children of Israel means everybody else. They're the ones that went up and wept before the Lord and wept inquiring of what to do. So let me ask you, did the men weep and ask the Lord what to do? No, they were too busy playing Braveheart. Rambo, come on guys, we can do this. There's division, you see that? The only thing they did united was accuse. So after suffering from one defeat already, the men should have been with their families. And I'm going to drill that hard. Men, you're responsible for your families. You lead them. Controversial talk right there, but it is biblical. They should have been with their families, weeping before the Lord and inquiring of the Lord with them. The men had neglected their leadership role. And so God's answer to them on how to fight the Benjamites was not for the purpose of winning, but so that they would be defeated for the purpose of being humbled down. Ouch. I brought some steel toe shoes in the truck. Y'all want any? Got some if you want them. I got a big foot. You can probably fit it. 
to humble them down. They needed to be humbled down from the ignorant pride that they had just accused the Benjamites with. Now, y'all watch this, okay? I showed you how to look at words. You watch this next part. Judges 20 and 26. Then, what does it say? All the children, that is what? All the people. Now we're getting somewhere. All the people went up and went out and fought the Benjamites. No, it's not what it says. It says, all the people went up and came to the house of God and wept. Even the big macho men, we men don't cry, even they went and they wept. They sat there before the Lord and fasted that day until evening. They offered burnt, burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. Now we're cooking. Now things are firing right. Now they're not united just to go accuse somebody of their sin, but they're united before the Lord to weep over their own sins. I know they're sorry for their own sins because it said they did burnt offerings. They're sorry for what they did. It took two defeats in a row to humble them down. But before the second defeat, only the children of Israel wept, not the men, because the men encouraged themselves. The men did not inquire of God. They left that to everybody else. And so God let them get beat. Why? Because God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. That's what went down here. It took two solid good whippings to get them low enough to weep and fast and pray. They had to do several things. They had to do three things. They had to do the perfect trifecta before they had a victory. They had to weep. They had to pray. They had to be repentant. We'll get into that. Judges 20 and 27. So the children of Israel inquired of the Lord. The Ark of the Covenant of God was there in those days. And Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, stood before it in those days, saying, Shall I yet go out again to battle against the children of my brother Benjamin? For, or shall I cease? And the Lord said, Go up, for tomorrow I will deliver them into your hand. Okay. Now we're hearing different things from God, something that we didn't hear the first two times. This time you're going to win. <laughs> they didn't hear that the first two times before. They united, not for accusation, but they united to confess. And now everybody's humbled, even humble enough to ask God if we should just walk away from this one. Guys, how hard is it to walk away when somebody's really pushing you? pushing your buttons they're in your face and you just walk away that's hard but guys that's low amen they united to worship the lord properly the way god wanted it they confessed and repented of their sin their godly sorrow brought them to proper unity and order, therefore, now their relationship with God was restored. And so this time, their inquiry of God came with a very different response that this time they could win. Now, if I'm going to stop in the chapter here, but if you will finish the rest of the chapter, you will read that they actually came back and defeated Benjamin on the third battle. In fact, they beat him so bad, they almost drove them to extinction. And the only reason they saved the, ben the last of Benjamites was to not wipe out all the tribes, because they knew there had to be 12 tribes according to the Lord. And that's the only reason they didn't kill them all. But 
let's consider how they tried and tried, but they suffered defeat after defeat. It was like me. I was walking with all this dead weight and I was hurting and I was headed down defeat after defeat. Something had to change, but I had to get three things right. They weren't doing everything they needed to do in order to win. They had, they did not get a victory until they did fully three things. Number one is unite the right way. Guys, you're in here united. Okay. There's, there's step one right there. Good for you. Unite, commit to assembling before the Lord, both the men and the children of Israel together. Unite, get together. Psalm 133 verse one says, behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. We got everything going on out there to drive us apart. Get away, political lines, get away. Republicans over there, Democrats over there, conservatives here, liberals over there. Now you got COVID, everybody get away, get away, text them. You can text, hey guys, texting don't work when you're standing face to face. That only works when you're apart. I love texting, but it's not, it's not together. Everything's telling us get away from everybody. The opposite of unite. And today you got a lot of people, they suffer a lot of defeat. They wonder where is the victory I'm supposed to have in Jesus? I thought I was supposed to have more than this. But the problem is they refuse to commit in unity. They will not assemble with the body of believers. When Israel did not unite, they were beaten in warfare. Today, our nation is so divided, but we believers, guys, we're supposed to be different. We're supposed to be holy. That's why this church is here. So you can unite in it. The second thing they did of the perfect trifecta is they had to repent. It says they wept before the Lord. Instead of pointing at Benjamin and accusing them, oh, you're so wicked, you're so vile, we're gonna get you out of here. They had to repent and not accuse them. Verse 26 says they went up to the house of God and wept. When's the last time your sin made you sorry? People aren't sorry for their sin anymore. They parade it. 2 Corinthians 17, uh, 7 and 10 says, For godly sorrow, godly sorrow produces repentance leading to salvation, not to be regretted, but the sorrow of the world produces death. Guys, our sin needs to make us sorry. Sorry. Driven down. I showed you how to get down. I do this to my, for my church all the time. This is what it looks like. I'm sorry. That's what they had to learn to do, even the men. If you're not sorry for your sin, then you're prideful. And pride causes division. Not unity. The third thing in the perfect trifecta is they had to do prayer. Prayer. This is why so many Christians live in defeat because they're facing such huge trouble, but they have zero, no prayer life whatsoever. James 5.16 says, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. It does not say the one prayer that I did back in 1994 avails much. Keep on. Well, I dieted once for 10 minutes. I didn't get, it's not gonna do anything. You got fervent, keep on, move, get passionate about it. Get in there. Now, you might come to church and you might be repentant of your sin, but if you're not praying, then you are ruining the perfect trifecta. You're not doing all three. And the whole thing ain't gonna work. 
You see, I had to eat right, drink right, and sleep right, or else my body simply would not lose the weight. I had to do all of them. I had to do all three and do them well and do them consistently. Now, I know people that walk in defeat. They'll tell you they go to church. They'll tell you they pray. And they'll tell you that they're repentant about their sin. But if you push to get real answers out of them, you'll find out they're not doing all three without any real commitment. They say they are, but they're not really doing it. Maybe they don't pray much. Maybe they're only in church half the time, which means no unity. And guys, the dominoes just fall from there. One out of three or even two out of three is not enough. You need to do all three. Unity, repentance, and prayer. And typically, whichever one of these you drop, you will end up replacing it with something else that is not good for you. Am I making sense? Okay, I'll keep going then. Not asking for encore, I'm just seeing if y'all are with me. Let me give you a scenario here, guys, and I have to drop this in the room because y'all know what it is. Ah, just a few chips ain't gonna hurt me. The scale said, "Uh uh-uh. Scale was real with me, and I'm not gonna look at nobody. Oh, just a few minutes of pornography ain't gonna hurt me. Oh, just a few beers ain't gonna hurt me. Oh, just flirting with that girl at work ain't really going to hurt me. And you're married. And maybe even she is too. You ruin the perfect trifecta. You got a lot of dead weight, man. That's the way it is. The body, my body said, nope, you had a few chips. Well, it's just one little, uh-uh. You got to do it and do it right. Israel had to do all three and do it right. And the reason many people won't have an assembly in the body of Christ is because they don't want accountability. They don't want that figurative wife, oh, I saw you eating that handful of chips the other day. They don't want that. No, if I want my chips, I want my chips. If I want my porn, I want my porn. If I want to get drunk, I want to get drunk. And I don't want nobody in the body telling me I can't do it. And you wonder why you're walking in defeat? Hello? Being in accountability is going to put you honest with that scale. The scale said no weight loss for you today. And I said, oh, I'm going to throw the scale out the window. But then my wife said, as a second layer, yeah, but I saw you eat those chips. Then I had to go, you know, scale, maybe you're trying to be my friend after all. Proverbs 16, 11 says, honest weights and scales are the Lord's work. I'm sorry, honest weights and scales are the Lord's. All the weights in the bag are his work. Honest scales. Sometimes God tells you things that make you mad and you want to throw him out the window of your life. Ever been there? Oh yeah, I'll put my hand up first. But he will not lie to you. Because you need to know what's causing the spiritual dead weight that's going to bring you worse problems ahead. If you were to ask the Lord God, search me, O God, and know my heart. And if you were to repentantly take the trash out of your life, how much junk do you think will fall out of the can if you really did it? 
and got to see it. I was shocked when I saw what fell out. Search me, oh God, sounds wonderful, but what if you meant it? Would you like what you saw? God won't lie to you because you need to know what's causing the dead weight that's going to bring you worse trouble. So here in Judges 20, Israel's every attempt failed until they were humbled down into obeying the Lord's perfect trifecta, the three, unite, repent, and pray. And then everything changed. You can't do two out of the three and expect things to change. Guys, I will tell you, (laughs) losing weight takes discipline. Some of you I talked to today, y'all saw me and went, dude, (laughs) look at you. (laughs) Because some of y'all remember me. What are you doing? Some of y'all ask me, what are you doing to get like this? And we got to talking about weight loss. It takes discipline. You ever realize the root word of discipline is disciple? Disciple. Walking with Jesus takes discipline. Oh, salvation's the easy part. He did that on the cross. But walking through the trials you got coming, that takes discipline, guys. It takes work focus. But Jesus will change your life. You know, after I lost all the weight, I beat my original goal by 20 pounds. My coach, when he first said up in December, how much you want to get, how how far down do you want to get? And I said, oh, you know, I threw out this number. I thought I'll never make it. I beat it by 20 pounds. I was like, yeah. So I told my wife, hey, I'm not dropping anymore. It's been a while since we ate at our favorite restaurant. I beat my goal. I've got plenty of buffer room. Let's go to that favorite restaurant we hadn't been to since December. She's like, yeah, because we just kind of forgot what eating out was like, right? Because <laughs> it had been so long. Guys, by the time I got back home, I was sick as a dog. Because that food shocked my system. And I couldn't take it. I didn't like it. I couldn't sleep all night. I had purified myself out, drinking all that water and good food and everything. I purified myself out so long that the stuff I used to like, I now despised it. And my body said, don't do that to me again. What I'm trying to say is that once you've been washed clean by the blood of Jesus, you should never enjoy your old sin anymore. It should disgust you should make you sorry. If you do enjoy your sin, something's wrong. You're not doing all three of the perfect trifecta. And that's why there's so much defeat in people's lives today. Walking with Jesus goes against the flow of the world. It's like when I was trying to diet during the holidays. That was a son of a gun, I'll tell you. (laughs) Walking with Jesus goes against the flow, but it will put you in a better flow than what this world is in. The flow of walking with Jesus Christ in the victory, the fullness of the victory that he offers you that a lot of people ain't getting and they don't know why. Some of you came here today knowing what you need, but you don't know how to get it. It's like me. I knew I needed to lose weight, but how do you do it? Some of you may come to church, you know you need something, but you don't know how. Let me coach you like my coach coached me. Let us unite We're here, okay? Let us repent and let us pray. But I'm going to add this. Don't just do it here and then go back outside the walls and go back to your same old way again. You got to do it consistently. You got to stick to it. 
Matthew 3, 8 says, produce fruit by keeping with repentance. Stick to it. This requires commitment. I didn't lose 70 pounds in a day. It took half a year to get it done. Stick to your guns. Stay committed to this. And realize that when God puts you in situations that aren't easy, like when God set the Israelites up for two defeats in a row, understand that it's because somewhere your discipline got slacked off and so the works of God's scale has to be bluntly honest with you to get you back down. Y'all hear me? Guys, this is hard to say. I know it's hard to hear. Imagine trying to say it. He has to get bluntly honest with you. My bathroom scale was not trying to hurt me. It was trying to show me how far off I was. Friend, God is not trying to hurt you. He's trying to help you. Tonight, we're all united in here, in this building, but are you united out there? That's what I'm asking outside the walls or are there contentions among you are you actually sorry for your sins or do you say "Eh, it's just a handful won't hurt nothing today i want you to experience your own whataburger moment if you remember what i said about mine where you recognize that possibly something you're willfully holding in your hands is exactly what's causing all the dead weight and defeat in your life and you're holding it you picked it up And so if God is right now helping you to identify what that is, will you wad it up and throw it away? That's what I'm asking you. Like the doctor told me, if you don't change something now, you've got trouble ahead. And so tonight I'm going to ask you to call upon God and say, Lord, whatever it is you're doing, I want in. Amen. Let us unite, let us repent, let's pray. All three, and you watch what the Lord is about to do in your life. Join me, please. Father, we come united together. We are all here. Lord, whatever's going on out there, we take this unity in here tonight, and we take it with us and show others what it looks like. United in the church, united in our culture, no compromise. We unite together in your name. Lord, forgive me of my sin. Forgive me of that handful of chips. Maybe I'm listening to music I shouldn't listen to, watching movies I shouldn't listen to, where they profane your name, where they insult my king. Lord, I need to wad that stuff and throw it out. I need to get it out of my, out of my house, out of my, out of my face, out of my eyes and ears. Lord, I've got bad intake that's blowing my progress. Show me what it is and help me get rid of it. Forgive us, Lord God. Forgive us. We're sorry. And give me the full victory that you have given me in your covenant promise. I thank you for it. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for dying in my place. In Jesus' name, amen. You are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you. Thank you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time 
unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.